Welcome to the Pop-In Podcast. Here we chat with innovative leaders who've used crowdsourcing to help them lead a rapidly changing remote workforce. The pandemic has changed how leaders interact with their teams, and in most cases, those changes will be permanent. Each episode will take you into a real-world scenario where Pop-In has helped those leaders navigate through this new normal. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get into the show. Hi, and welcome, everyone. So excited today. Our guest is Lisa Walvord from uh, RevGen. She is the Director of Corporate Communications and Marketing. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, so excited. Uh, I know in our previous talks, we've got so much good stuff to cover. Um, Just to kind of give the audience an idea of what we're going to be talking about today, there's so much going on in the world right now around inclusion, diversity, uh, change in the workplace with COVID and working from home and now potentially coming back in and how we communicate to our our people out in the field as leaders. Uh, So, so much good stuff to cover. I'm going to kind of jump right in. Uh, Lisa, I'd love for you to give our audience just a little bit of uh, background on you, how you came to RevGen, um, just so we can get to know you a little bit better. Sure. I've been with RevGen for almost five years, but I've worked with most of the senior leadership team um, for upwards of 20 plus years. Um, I started my business career in consulting as a change enablement um, consultant and then evolved into supporting communications from Um, more of an internal perspective and change management from an internal perspective. Did a little jump over to um, the nonprofit world and did some policy work um, for a statewide organization. And when that kind of hit an end, um, I was looking for the next thing and had some great conversations with my former colleagues at RevGen and, um, and jumped right into working with them again. So it's been it's been a fun journey and been fun reconnecting with them. Now, of course, it seems like we've never been apart. <laughs> what was the what was the nonprofit? Uh, Live Well Colorado, which was a focus on okay. healthy eating and active living. Okay, great, great. So, hey, I know a lot a lot has changed uh, at RevGen and everywhere else in the, in the country as we've been dealing with COVID. Um, and I know in your role, communications. Um, can you tell me, you know, what has really changed on, let, let's just talk specifically, let's just talk about like town halls where, you know, normally you could get the whole company together, maybe all in one place or over a couple lines. What are you doing now? How, how are you connecting with the teams and, and guiding um, your executives that you're partnered with in these town halls? What are you doing differently? Yeah, so we had not, we had talked about doing town halls before any of this hit. and. Um, And once it did, we jumped right on it. So we used to do like a quarterly face-to-face half day um, sharing um, and and that was great, but we knew that there were some gaps. So I'd say that this, you know, you you think about a crisis um, helps drive innovation and and positive change. So this would be one example of some positive change where we've increased the level of communications with our team um, all the way, you know, really reaching everybody. Uh, so we, right um, after we told everybody the office was closed, which was really actually ahead of the state saying that it was closed, 
um, we moved to doing a town hall. And we've used pop-in for, um, to kind of get ideas when we would do those face-to-face -face meetings. So it was kind of natural to say, hey, let's use this and see what's on people's minds. Um, and so we did that kind of right from the start. For the first nine weeks that we were at home, um, we did a weekly town hall and that's evolved now. Um, it was feeling like, okay, a little too much. It's a lot on the executives to prep for them. Um, and, and there was getting to be less to necessarily say. So now we're on a twice a month um, cycle. That's good. So over communicate in the beginning and then as things kind of leveled out and became a, a strangely no, new normal, you go ahead and slow it down a little bit. But talk to me about what it, what does it mean? You say I use pop in, right? And so that's a crowdsourcing tool and it allows you to have, you know, hundreds of people put answers to questions in. They vote like or dislike on the answers so the best ones rise to the top. The if you if what is the question you ask before the town hall and then what do you do with those answers? Yeah, we've been very um broad and said it, the question has been what questions or topics would you like to have covered on the town hall and um mm -hmm. we because we ha we've kind of been using it as a tool people have were already accustomed to it which was helpful so they jumped right into asking questions um and what's been great to see is how it's evolved from you would see repeat questions um in the past and now I'm really seeing that they're very thoughtful questions and people build on questions and I see a lot more voting up and down. So how we then use that, it, it has naturally evolved. Um, so we want to touch on every single question that somebody bothered mm -hmm. to ask. And Regard, uh, regardless of the voting, you would kind of try to hit everything, especially like when everybody started to have to go home, that, that was something you guys decided we want to try to cover everything. Yes, it was partly a respect thing um, and acknowledgement that we, we hear you and we want, we're concerned that if we don't acknowledge it, then we won't keep hearing from people. So um, in that, I think that's worked and we've actually seen fewer questions, but smarter questions, if you will. So we've gone from getting like 25 different things that I would have to combine and say, okay, we're addressing things about um, an issue of, I am concerned that my client is gonna make me come into the office. We would get you know, eight different flavors of that and I would, we would combine it and give one answer. This yesterday, we had eight questions um, and there were only, I guess there were two that I combined um, and otherwise we shared every question. I would, we use Zoom um, for the town hall and I would show the question or the statement and um, call on different leaders um, who were prepared in advance to respond um, to the question. So it's really so evolved and matured. I love that. So the, the prepared in advance I think is a big deal. I've written a couple Forbes articles kind of specifically about this problem that leaders have in town halls where you, you, that you can often, you can get up there zoom on stage whatever and when you're doing live q a you can i mean not get totally stumped most leaders have some idea of where it's coming from but you're that's not what you're doing you're not talking about actually doing a live q a 
during the town hall. I know that's an option, but you're talking about asking them days ahead of time what they want to hear from leadership, which gives everybody time to prep. Am I reading that right? That's how you're doing it? Yes, and we, we're into a rhythm now where um, I, they really only get 24 hours. And given the pace of change right now, that seems appropriate. So uh -huh. you get 24 hours to ask the question. Um, I close the question at 8.30 in the morning and the town hall's at four that afternoon. So I usually have started prepping the night before um, with whatever questions have come in. We rarely get more than one new question um, between eight o'clock at night and 8.30 the next morning. Um, yesterday we right. got one at 8.25. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's a little scramble to, and of course that was the most intense question we got of all. Um, but because I'd had time to prep for the other ones, um, I just build that time in and, um, and have conversations with the appropriate leaders. And we, with these times right now, we actually have, we have a 8.30 stand-up call every morning. And um, so that gives us a chance to touch base. I have a general sense of what people are thinking and, and feeling. Um, from our leadership team, which makes it a lot easier for me to help them prepare. So when you talk about building a, a culture of inclusion, right, where every voice matters, um, I would be really interested to hear, you know, a lot of leaders when we do town halls will get up and we have an agenda. We have things we want to cover, right? And, and often, you know, we, we run out of time for Q&A at the end. So by doing the Q&A beforehand, and allowing the leaders to either explicitly pull up those questions and, and hit them head on or weave them into a conversation. What, and I think you can tell your results being, we started with a lot of questions and now we have less more intense questions. You can tell that the audience is getting more serious about what's being said, which means by addressing what they care about first, you're drawing them into the conversation. And then when a leader hits the agenda, they're leaning in instead of leaning back. Have you gotten any feedback from the team of like, wow, this is just not what we're used to, or this is very different, or has there been a lot of positive feedback about them feeling heard? Yes, and I would say in real time. So yesterday, um, and this is where some of the, the positives of us doing these things virtually as opposed to in person um, is the, you know, voting up and down in the chat. Um, so yesterday I saw multiple responses, particularly, so we're in some emotional times right now with the, the rioting and um, protests yes. around um, police brutality and the, the Black Lives Matter and, and tough emotional issues right now. So we had a couple of questions about that and um, our CEO addressed them head on. He did not have answers and he acknowledged the fact that he didn't have answers. Um, but he acknowledged them and said, here's what he's trying to do at um, a company level, but more importantly, at a personal level. And we had multiple people on chat right when that was happening say, thank you. Um, so yeah. that to me was, I mean, it gives me chills a little bit right now, um, <laughs> was pretty powerful um, and had a few um, comments from some of our kind of mid-level leaders commenting afterwards, um, thank you for addressing that and really looking forward to some of the conversations because that's where we led it to, is to say, this is an ongoing conversation. 
Isn't that so interesting? I think that um, I have a book I wrote called Management Versus Employees, and there's a whole section that I put in there about, you know, not having the answer as a leader can be much more powerful than always knowing everything, right? That your, your leader standing there and saying, man, those are hard questions. Here's my perspective, but I'm not, you know, totally sure what I should do. And this is going to be not just a, a CEO decision. This is going to be company cultural like direction that we as a as an entire organization need to get our brainstorming hats on and we need to figure out how we're going to do this and i think that's so powerful and kudos to your leadership team for for admitting you know wow this is an incredibly uh difficult issue we're not exactly sure what to do and and i'm i love hearing that that was the response um because not all leaders do that i think we feel that if we get questions and we don't answer them, we look stupid. And that's not the case. By sharing your perspective and saying you want to work on it with everyone, I think once again, you're drawing people in versus pushing them away. Because imagine we as leaders give an answer around diversity that, that is some way that we feel, but it alienates half the company. Uh, and, and the way one person feels isn't the way the direction of the company needs to go in most cases. So is, is there anything more that, that you guys are thinking about now that those questions obviously are going to come up next week too and the week after? I think it's so tremendous that the whole country is so focused on inclusion and diversity and, and not just talking about it, but taking action. Or, or what, are, what are you guys thinking about? And obviously you've got, you know, Microsoft Teams, you've got, you know, pulse surveys, you've got crowdsourcing. How are you thinking, not knowing what the answer is on what to do, how are you thinking of, of kind of starting the process of taking action? Um, yeah, it's a good, a good question. We're, we're even trying to figure that out um, and, mm -hmm. and how, how to lean in, how to do it in a way that, um, like you said, doesn't alienate anybody, but also that, um, this is this is a forever conversation. Um, it's not yeah. something. It's something that's got to live long beyond the momentum that we're feeling right now. So making sure that we do some things in some deliberate and thoughtful ways that can continue. Um, mm -hmm. So some of what we've started is just getting ourselves, our own senior leadership team, comfortable with calling it out, and we're not all there. And so some of it is reading us individually reading things people are sharing the idea names of books um without pushing it on anyone and just saying if you want to learn more here's what you need here, here's some ideas um of what you you might do there's also um there's a ceo pledge out there um that has also an individual pledge and our ceo and i um, both took it. I think some of our other leaders did too, but the two of us were the ones who who spoke up. Um, and that has some very concrete things about um, keeping your eyes open and beginning to ask questions and reading and um, not making assumptions. So yeah. those are some things at an individual level. Um, we're exploring what how that might help us and what are some tools that we can leverage from them. Um, honestly, I'm having that conversation with them next week to find out exactly what it would mean for us and to, and to get, um, get our group comfortable with it. We've got good right. diversity when you look at our organization as a whole. 
Um, like far too many organizations in this country, we don't at the senior level. Um, we're 50% right. female, which is awesome, um, but we're 100% white. And we, right. we need right. to figure out how that's gonna change. And I think so many companies uh, are dealing with it and it has to change. It's definitely something that has to change uh, in this country. And I, I'm so excited that people are, are ready to work on it. So I, let me give you a little piece of something that I've seen some of our, our clients do, and I've done it in the past as well, when you're not sure where directionally to go on a conversation, because I think one of the worst things you can do is if you ask some wide open question in crowdsourcing or survey or in person, whatever, there's, there's such a strong chance that you're going to get a lot of answers back that aren't really actionable. And that, mm -hmm. that makes, that's dangerous as a leadership team because you want to actually take action on this, but some things, so how do you explain what your constraints are as an organization and still move forward in a way that people feel like you're really listening? So, you know, in Poppin, we can do the wide open crowdsourcing, right? But we can also, we have executive teams do this all time, all the time around budgeting. And it's going to sound weird to bring up a budgeting conversation for a diversity conversation. But what we'll do is we'll narrow with more kind of multiple choice type questions of like, all right, here's the top 10 things in the budget. If we were to pick the top three that we have to do, what would they be? And you let 40 people vote on that to kind of come up with how you're going to allocate your budget. I think as a leadership team, it needs to come from the leadership team first around, look, we are going to do diversity initiatives this year, hopefully, you know, starting, you know, in the next couple of weeks what are the the top 20 things we brainstorm that we really think we need to work on and we need to be thinking about and if you narrow that um down to three or four things then what you can do is go and crowdsource in a more broad way to a larger part of the organization around here are the three areas we would like to focus on now if we were going to do something in each of these areas what would you recommend we focus on uh, for this specific topic and we've seen that go so much better than just being like a hey we'd love to have some diversity initiatives what do you think we should do uh, because you get you end up getting great ideas but some of them maybe would be very hard to action um so yeah. i don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if you're already kind of steering that way um i i agree we've we've taken that approach in some other things innovation is another big open word and um topic that could be very unactionable <laughs> um right like you make rocket ships it's like oh we don't we don't do rocket ships like that's not right. what our company does right yeah <laughs> so how how do you build innovation into your into your company um so i agree that having your going back to one of the things you said about that balance between um you get a question and you don't have the answer and it's okay to say i don't have the answer but here's what i'm thinking or how i'm feeling there are other times yes. when you need to come in and say okay here are those parameters um and um and one of the things you know learning and, and we learn from mistakes right of when are those cases of you need to come in with some of the answer and when are the times when you're you're completely vulnerable and you say i don't have the answer and here's what i'm doing so i think that um, the diversity stuff is a perfect balance of that um, where it's going to be so important that we're constantly um, moving from okay i need to learn a bunch and then narrow it down and then from that narrow down then i can come to you and, and get some input and um right this is great because we did that with innovation 
And so um, mm -hmm. I appreciate this because I'm going to bring it back to the team and say, remember how we did this with innovation and we had to come up with some kind of definition before we could move it through? We're going to need to do the same sort of thing with diversity. And that included yep. listening to some people who really cared about innovation that weren't part of the leadership team. Um, so mm -hmm. we, we need to listen to some diverse voices um, as a leadership team, not just come just from us from the top. We do need to listen to shape even what that universe is before we open it up to everybody. So it, it's- Yeah, it's yeah, I, I strongly agree with that. Yeah, you're, re you're really, you know, as a leader, you're steering and you're narrowing. Yep. And then you're letting it go back to a larger audience for solutioning. And I think that is, I think that's how you build great companies. And I think uh, it sounds like you guys are well on your way to that. So that is it's exciting stuff. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're working with you. Yeah, it's, it's hard. And you know, like you could see, you could very easily see like hiring practices is probably something that 90% of the companies in America are going to be looking at. And you'd be like, oh, well, let's just do X. Well, it's not that simple. Yeah. Um, but if you get your best couple hundred people working on the problem in the organization that really care about it and are thoughtful and are smart, what crowdsourcing will do is it will bring the best voices to the top that have the best solutions. And then through all the commenting on those best solutions, you're just improving it and improving it and improving it. And then you can even run a deep dive on like, we think we've got the solution here. If you could suggest one thing that would make it better. So it's like leadership narrows, then you solution with the team, and then you even try to refine and improve before you implement. And you can do it so fast with crowdsourcing. That's why I love, that's why I love the, the technology. It's just, it's a way you can include hundreds of people in a conversation where leadership can hear every voice very, very quickly. Um, well, so I'm excited I, to work with you guys as you do this. Thanks. I like the visibility too. So it's not just leadership seeing it. I think it's everybody having some visibility into seeing that they're people think in different ways, right? And and it's yeah. all okay. And that's and one the, of the best ideas really almost like. always. Yeah, they almost always come from the people closest to the problem. The best ideas, it's almost always the case. Yep. Well, hey, Lisa, thank you so much for for being with us today. This has been such a fun conversation. I know our audience has loved it. Um, and I, I hope, you know, maybe in three or four months after you guys start actioning a bunch of this, we'd love to have you on again and hear how it goes, hear how it went. Thanks. We would love that, Hayes. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Pop-In Podcast. Make sure you come back as we continue the crowdsourcing conversation with another industry leader. For more information on our platform, please go to popinnow.com. See you next time.